podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Good to have you with us, gang. And we are delighted to have an old friend back in the house. Somebody that I know a lot of you have a lot of love for. He is part of the brilliant Around the NFL dynasty. NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal dropping by. And we thought as we're in the off season and there's not a huge amount happening right now, we'd mix things up a bit and talk a little bit of football but a lot of other stuff as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the always entertaining, always fun, Greg Rosenthal. Now, Greg, good to see you, man. First things first, you should feel honoured because because, uh, it's the off-season. And uh, like like many of us, we take our foot off the gas a little bit. That's understandable. You know, the pace of the season's frenetic. Full on, you just want a bit of downtime. So producer Ollie sunning himself on a beach a week or two. Like we're okay with that, but then it's gone on and on. And like, he's never around. We're being left our own <laughs> devices on the show. And I, you know, I barely see him to, to be honest, but we suddenly find out that Greg Rosenthal's on the show. Ollie's Ollie's suddenly back. He's suddenly producing again. Ooh, wow. I do take that, you know, as a high honor, as a compliment, but m- more importantly, if I was another guest of your show recently, I would take it as an insult. So if any of them are listening, <laughs> sure. you know, I, well, I would be offended and bring it up to Ali in the future. And that's a dangerous game while he's playing in that respect. You've had o- Osu Manura has been on. You don't want to get on the wrong side of him, quite frankly. No. Uh, so although I think Oli might have been around for that one as well. So yeah, he's picking, he's picking his battles anyway. Good to see you, man. How is, how is life in, in sunny California? Uh, it's great. It's um, it like you said. It's the off season. The mini camps are about to wrap up. It will go from downshifting to just like not shifting at all in a few weeks. So <laughs> you you learn after a while to enjoy this time of year before training camp gets rolling. It's the kids' last day of school today as we're taping. So um, it's it's the best time of year. I I, I mean football's great. But I'll take this time of year. Well, I bet you've been gorging on tennis as well because you love your tennis yep. and uh, the French Open. And the just NBA. Wrapped. You know, I know you're a big basketball guy, but well, hey, yeah, I, that's me, good. me and the family's really gotten into the Celtics this year. We watched almost every game, and so it's been uh, it's been fun. I realize the difference. As much as I love football, I love it in a different way. Mm. You know, it's it's still work. You, I love every team and I love kind of the game and you love analyzing and this and that, but I don't have the same sort of like, I'm just following one team. I'm just a fan mm. of the Patriots anymore whatsoever as I do now that I get to, you know, watch these Celtics or, or, or tennis friends. You know, that's a really fascinating, <laughs> fascinating approach because I've thought about this quite a lot. You know, we might've even talked about it that we're so lucky to do what we do to get to do what we do, but there is that element of it, isn't it? That takes a, a something a bit of an edge off i guess because it because it is it is work and and, and when you have another sport that you love i'm off to lords in a bit to watch cricket uh okay uh, we've got to get you to lords when you're next over it's uh it is one of the one of my i want to get to west ham i'm trying to work with oh. their schedulers to just get have a home game when i'm over there for oh. i'm like oh for five on that we've got to speak to the shadowy uh shadowy league uh <laughs> league types to get that sorted but yeah lords is another place we've got to get to it's the it's the home of cricket lords um and it's around the corner from where i live and it is 
just a, a just a beautiful place to be. But when you're taking in a game of cricket, which is your point, I guess, with the NBA, watched it all my life. I love it, but there's no there's there's nothing other than just soaking it in for for the game. There's no you know right that work right, and all. it's not complaining. Like I I I feel fortunate that I feel like my love of football has stayed intact. But my mm. love of like being a fan of one team, like you're I'm not you're not enjoying it the same way on Sundays. I don't even want to. Um, it's almost mm. a distraction. And this has just been great. And being able to do it now that I'm such an old man uh, with my kids, Come and seeing on. how much oh, they enjoy it, looking, and they're getting looking it. looking that is great. I love that as well. I'm in the same boat there. Just watching them experience it all for the first time. Hey, the French Open, that must be on your bucket list, I guess. If, uh, have, you ever, have you ever been to one as a fan? No, and it is the time of year. I have thought about that. It just, it would be, it, it probably would have been low on my list of like, mm. I, I would love to go to Madrid or Rome. Those tournaments would be beautiful. But you know, it's funny, mm. you think about it, it, it never matches up well with my kids' vacations or, right. so I thought, when would, and you know what, when would is the, um, is the Wimbledon, Wimbledon and, the, yeah. and the British uh, time of year. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'm actually, I'm toying with an idea of, you know, maybe next year, or one of these years Do it. heading over to Eastbourne or maybe Wimbledon, but maybe even one of the, the ones beforehand where it's a little more chill. And stuff. Queens or something. Yeah. Oh, we got to get you, got to get you over there for that as well. <laughs> well, listen, as it is this time of year, we're going to have a bit of fun today. I think with, with our questions, because w- unsurprisingly knowing you were coming on the show we, we put a shout out on social media at the nc show and the, the mailbag is busting greg the mail some of these were busting. very hard questions and when i first mm-hmm. saw them i was like i better be prepared because i'm not going to be able to come up with one <laughs> off the top of my head and i'm yeah. not that prepared so well, hopefully this goes well th- that sounds perfect then uh we and it's a mix so we said look send questions in for greg but we particularly want to because you come on the show lots over the years you are Loved by the NFL UK faithful who hear you talking football all the time, and obviously a bit of nonsense on around the NFL too, but but a lot of football. And so we asked our listeners to fire in questions that are non-football related. We got a few. Oh, really? They're all non-football? It's a mix. It's a mix. We got a we got a mix. So we put Ollie's put some together. I got some together. Some of the some of the listeners uh, paid scant regard to our request for for non-football questions and asked football questions too. So we've got... got I think I offer more value that way. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So rapid fire we're going to do here. So we've got... God, we've got lots. So we'll see how how far we go. Uh, Let's start with... Well, let's start with West Ham, as you mentioned. mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, Your team, of course. And uh, Johnny Ridd has asked this one. Who's your favorite West Ham player, past or present, and why? Oh my gosh. I'm not that big of a West Ham fan. I don't even want to pretend. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even see now you're putting me in a bad spot. Well, I put you, I bought you a book of the greatest, not just greatest West Ham player of all time, but the greatest footballer. Who of all should time. be. I I'm not, I could like list you off a few players on their team, but I'm not going to like pretend that I'm a bigger fan than I really am. Even though it is in that picture that you mm. sent out. Yes. Um, I follow the standings. I'll, you know, the mm-hmm. timing will match up and I'll watch a couple games a year. I mm. think I'm ready to like get more into soccer. Cause I just went to an LAFC game here for mm. the MLS and I know it's not um, remotely the same level, but it was a fun fan <laughs> yeah. experience. Was it? What sort of crowds? It was really awesome. So crowds did they put? It was full. It was like mm. 20,000 fans. The stadium is mm. new and it's close to where I live and it's awesome. Mm. And that their supporters section is, I'm not saying it's exactly like the UK, but they're singing and chanting all 90 minutes. Nice. Um, it was nice. It was nice. Um, 
Were you getting in? Were you getting some getting involved in the singing? You can turn it to no, the LAFC. I was not in the supporter section. Well, okay. Here's a, here's an idea because you wanna you wanna get into West Ham more. You're gonna come over uh, for the London games. We're hoping mm-hmm. anyway, um, and and we'll try and tie that up with a, with a visit to West Ham. And you absolutely, if there is a game on, I guarantee you, we'll, we'll go together. We got to pick some of the current squad that you can that can become your favorite players next season. All right. So okay. We'll to- I mean, Declan Rice Rice is like you know the one I know the best. You know, Antonio yeah. Uh, yeah. is certainly good. Uh, who's the defender? Agbana, like that. This yeah, is I about like where this, I like that. Yeah, this well, is about where my Dawson. knowledge goes to. That's that's about it. You know, so I think you could be Fornals as a player. I think you might you might go with. He's underrated. Uh, Who? Pablo Fornals, Spanish. Okay, uh, midfielder. Underrated. Why not? Don't go with Rice because he's so good. He's just going to get taken away. Well, this is the fear, right? Is Rice going to? Is how long is he going to? He loves the club, but it's always you know. If it's one of those ones that if um because you don't really have a parallel here, I think in, in the NFL, but in football, if you're a, a club like West Ham, so a big club, but there is a, a tier above of elite, the elite European clubs. So if he was to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, no problem at all. If he was to go to Tottenham, for example, yeah, big problem, big problem. So it, it all depends where it's he kind of a sad way to be a sports fan though. You're just rooting for like the, your best player to leave for a team that will be less painful. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to life as a West Ham. Fan. I, don't, I don't try to, I don't try to be a phony here. I'm a, I'm I like a very that. casual fan, but I, I like to, I like to put it out there mm. to occasionally just to annoy the other British fans. And I have enjoyed um, the, how much mileage you've gotten out of this. Cause you were the one, if your listeners don't know that made me a fan by giving me a, uh, uh, a jersey and uh, I'm and to some blame. Bo- some books over there. I still got to read that book. About that goal. Read, that, his name? read that. I think, I think it was the Bobby Moore book I got you, wasn't it? Bobby Moore. Book. I should say Bobby Moore is my answer. He should be. The, he's the, everyone's answer. Uh, okay. Uh, let's bring you back onto, onto turf that you're more familiar with. Uh, who has been more influential globally? More influential globally, Roger Federer or Tom Brady? Well, it has to be Federer, right? I mean, you you are a biased answer in this one, Nat. Mm. But I feel like globally is not just English speaking. Um, <laughs> like if it was just out. English speaking, mm. it's probably Tom Brady. Even if you like, you know, put that out to different, you know, the different uh, English speaking parts of the globe, uh, Australia, all, all that. I mean, yeah. but it has to be Federer. That's close, he, right? That would. Be I don't close. think it's that close. It's every I, continent. Yeah. I mean, I think, oh, but even better. English speaking, I think it would be close. You know, I think right, all exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. when you get when you get to the rest of the world, forget about it. Out of this great crop of players, no one cares about Tom Brady in the Middle East, for instance. <laughs> well, he, or, he's or for much of Europe, um, you know, and yeah. Yeah. or Asia, and people do care about Federer there. I mean, not not as much, um, but certainly out of that crop of great men's players of the last 15 years with Nadal and Djokovic and, and Murray as well. And, and, and Federer, of course, you got a favorite. Is well, there one of you funny got, that you throw Murray in there, you know, well, what do you mean? Funny. I throw Murray. In there. He's one, he's one. Some of the big, he's one the, four. The big, he would have been more of an all-time yeah, great I, if he wasn't stuck, but it's funny when they call yeah. it the big four, it's like, yeah, you know, it'd be like if you called the big four, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> right. I wanted sure. to make it like a hall of famer at least. Cause I mean, he is an all time. Great. Yeah. If you played in a different era, like an Agassiz type era, mm. um, 
he would have won seven or eight grand slams. He had, mm. had longer run at number one, a, a true uh, legend, but those yeah. three are the best three of all time. Demonstrably um, above Farrell. Better was my guy initially. So um, he was my guy. Mm. I mean, and uh, my favorite and he doesn't quite have the cumulative numbers, but to me, mm. I think he had the biggest impact, but I, like a lot of Federer fans, I finally sort of like given up hating the doll and just like stop resisting that. And, and that's been right. Good just yeah. enjoy, like being like rooting for him. For I him. I, I mean, that happened demonstrably this year, right? Everyone was, uh, yeah. Ronald Garros was really behind him. Uh, Why push against the inevitable? And he's like amazing sure. and a great, great. Yeah. Dad, so. Pushing against the ocean. Do you see him in the warm up uh, when he's in the, in the tunnel before he came on court? His vertical leap was, I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, that was, he's a, a sensational, sensational athlete. I guess Roethlisberger might be the Andy Murray comparison. Maybe he's Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Certainly not uh, off the field um, mm. or as a personality, because I think that's where Andy mm. Murray maybe uh, shines even higher than the big three. I'm taking Andy yeah. Murray, the person, yeah. uh, over any of them. I love uh, Andy love, I love, I love that you love Andy Murray. Yeah. And, and see the very dry sense of humor. I knew that would appeal to you. All right. Uh, here's a football one for you. Uh, what level of contract should the Ravens give Lamar Jackson? Of course, Lamar uh, has been, uh, well, this is uh, as a number of people have made the point in this, the dog days of summer, right? Reaching for hot takes and the whole Lamar thing is blown up. Is he, you know, oh, is there a deliberation here because he's not worth a contract and all kinds of craziness flying around? Where, where do you sit on Lamar and he's going to get paid, obviously, and, and and be the highest paid quarterback in the league when that deal gets done. Mm. Is it a, would it be a justified deal? Do you think? Yeah, I'm not entirely certain he'll be the highest paid quarterback in the league, or that the Ravens will offer him that, uh, mm. considering the deal that Rogers got and, and a few others. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's what he does. He deserves the highest level, whatever that is. Now, whether that's 40, 45, 50, that's just the cost of business. You know, as, uh, as it was once said on, on the wire, uh, you know, the price of brick is going up, you know, it's just <laughs> like, you got to deal with it. And Lamar is in that group. And, uh, I don't think it's much ado about nothing. I think there is something here. There's, it's a negotiation and I think it's a tricky one for the Ravens. And I, I don't like the way they're positioning it. Like, well, we're just waiting for Lamar to, uh, you know, engage with us. Well, it's like you made mm. an offer. He clearly didn't like it. And that's a negotiating tactic on its own is to just, you know, wait for another offer. Yeah, sure. The hoop, let you let the other guy's side blink first. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, uh, the ball is very much in their court, but you said you think it will get done though, right? But you're not, not necessarily at the, the highest. I, I, I do. I mean, first of all, he's under contract this year. He seems like he could play this year for the fifth year option. Then they have franchise tag. It's just hard. I had this whole idea that he was maybe pushing to get to free agency eventually and mm. change the quarterback market. Cause he would, I mean, Kirk cousins has been one of the most powerful quarterbacks in the league. He sort of controlled his destiny in a way that other franchise quarterbacks haven't been able to, cause he got to free agency. So imagine right. if like our true top five quarterback did that. Mm. I think, I think he could, if, if Rogers was making 50, if Lamar was actually a free agent this off season, I think he could make 65 or something. I think he would reset the market in a totally new way. Um, but I've had this theory that that was maybe the idea. And I've had some people behind the scenes tell me that's probably shoot that really. down in flames. I no, do love- I think, I think he'll happily, if they, I think if, if they offer him a Rogers type of 
dealer above, mm. he's going to take it. He's not, sure. he's not like looking to break new ground or something. Mm. Yeah. 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 The phrase uh, or the statement Kirk Cousins set the market uh, for the rest of the NFL. Is that something you thought you would be saying 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> no. And it's fascinating because it took a lot of weirdness to get there that like he got these two franchise tags and he had this other team, Washington, and then, who always messes things up and yeah. Kyle Shanahan left, you know, got fired. Uh, he mm-hmm. was the assistant, but it was his dad, you know? Yeah. And so that, that his original guy wasn't there, but no, I think, I think there is something to it though. It really shows you if, if one of these guys like in their prime actually ever got to free agency, I think you'd mm-hmm. see how much quarterbacks are worth. You know, imagine <laughs> if there wasn't a salary cap, what would you pay? What would you pay Justin Herbert if there wasn't a salary cap? If it was like the Premier League? Yeah, sure. You get yeah, exactly. Just sold the Broncos for four point six five billion dollars. You're telling me uh, Justin Herbert wouldn't be worth a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollars a year? Why not? Yeah. Oh, I mean, easy. There's that constellation <laughs> of players. Well, Declan, the, the aforementioned Declan Rice is kind of getting into that territory. They're saying if West Ham sell him, you know, it's it's certainly upwards of a hundred, you know, hundred million plus and bap pays, you know, all these these top that's, not, that's just to go get him. That's not even his pay, right? That's exactly. Just that's like just the fee. Pay. That's the transfer right. fee. Uh all right. We'll stay on football and go back to the listener's mailbag. Fuad has messaged us at the NC shows how you get in touch with the show. Your favorite Patriots moment of all time. Okay, then under this one I saw Mm. And um, so I actually did think about it and try to come <laughs> nice. up with a good answer because nice. the obvious answer is, um, is the true one. It's Malcolm Butler's interception. Mm. That's it. I mean, that, that, that's the right answer, but it, it is the one in person. And, but I have another answer to it. Do you love that? Just you why, on that on Butler, do you love it because of the duality of the, the, the moment uh, and the significance of the moment. So th- what it achieved, but also the backstory the, the if you kind of trace it all the way back to where that play was first dialed up. And I think Lombardi talks about it in his book, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, how they practice it earlier yeah. that week, Malcolm Butler's story. You know, he's just one of my favorite figures in Patriots history. He's gone through a lot in his life and now he's back actually. Back, yeah, he's it. back. Um, but no, it, it's not just that a, it's the biggest play in NFL history. I believe, I mean, nothing, no one play has ever changed a, a super bowl more than that play. It's the most influential play ever. And it changed two great franchises. Um, mm. you know, and, and so the kind of the reason was, and I know this is, uh, no one feels sorry for Patriots fans, but at that point, Tom Brady had played his best 10 years of his career in a row and they hadn't won a super bowl and there right. was, and he was getting older at that point. It sounds like, well, that sounds crazy. He's been playing yeah. for eight more years, but he was like 36 at that point. There was, I had no guarantee and no one that knew that if they'd ever win another one or if they'd ever get to that point. So the fact that it had been 10 years and they had had the best 10 year run of any team in NFL history by far without mm-hmm. winning a super bowl. Cause they were much better. I think in the Oh seven to 14 range specifically mm-hmm. than even they were uh, in Oh one to Oh four in terms of the regular season. So the, the way that it looked like they were going to blow that game or lose that game, they had made a fourth quarter comeback. They were playing the number one defense in the league. They were clearly the best two teams in the league. The Seahawks were the next dynasty mm-hmm. and for it all to feel like they probably were going to lose at that moment. And for one play in an instant to just change, that's it's the easy answer. I, it's a great answer, though. And I love the fact that Butler, as you say, he, an intriguing character, but, uh, you know, an understated hero at the time. If you thought, you know, uh, name the players within that Patriots setup that could would have made the play that was going to be so seminal. He would have been he was the cornerback. I mean, I, I barely knew him. I mean, yeah. he played about 
20 snaps a game. He actually was a nice story. He made the team as you know undrafted guy and mm-hmm. had made a couple plays. So you, you knew of him, but like, mm. give me a break. Yeah. Uh, but I have another answer for you. Mm, like at least a, a, a 1B. Because yes, it's true. And it's so random. It's Troy Brown catching uh, an overtime touchdown against Washington in 2003 when they were two and two and it was a bomb from Brady to win the game in overtime. And and I say that just because a, my experience watching that specific team, but that was, that was a totally different point in their history where they won the Oh one Super Bowl. It almost felt a little fluky. They didn't make the playoffs the next year. They're two and two going into the next season. Troy Brown's my favorite Patriot of all time. And you don't know which way this guy got this way is going. Washington wasn't that good a team. They were about to fall to two and three. They had a comeback and it was just like an amazing throw and catch to go win it. And that kicked off essentially the next couple of years. They didn't lose another game. Uh, they, they went on a streak that season, mm-hmm. um, ended up, you know, winning, winning the Super Bowl. They were even better in Oh four. And I just, I always just remember where I was in that exact play. Cause I just, to me, it sort of kicked off the new era of just like, oh, actually, they're going to be a badass team for a long time. Like, yeah, that kicked off that run, because before that, there was no guarantee and no real thought of that. That would have been impossible. And that it's fascinating to think about that as a, as a catalyst, because it, two and two is always a, 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 you know, a fundamental record, of course, in the NFL. And you talk about the run they went on that season, the confidence that gave them to give them a winning record at the time, the nature of that play, the manner of that victory and momentum I know is a divisive concept but you got to buy into that a little bit right that if that had gone the other way and then for whatever reason they're two and three then two and four and that season didn't play out as it did I mean would we be seeing an altogether different decade plus in front I mean is it, it was a sliding doors moment right and it also it started that season especially um winning these crazy close games. Cause that was their, <laughs> that was their MO for a little while. And they got a little more dominant and certainly played outstanding in the playoffs that year, but they just, they got into this flow of like, Oh, Tom Brady is going to win a crazy game in the fourth quarter. And that was sort of the, that was the one on, you know, that really started it for me at least. Love that. Where's, um, switching that uh, question of most influential plays in Super Bowl history. Uh, at the very strong argument okay. for, for Butler. I, I think that Saints onside kick has got for me, and I, I don't know whether I'm overstating it just because of the, just because of the absolute moxie. To, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just the, but that's got to be up there for me. The onside kick, just wow, it's influential or seminal. Maybe not necessarily the most. I don't know. That's it, man. Maybe the most significant. It's got to be up there. I'd, I'd have that up there. I mean, I don't know if that's even number one um, in that uh, in that game in that game. I mean, Tracy, the Tracy Porter. Porter, Tracy Porter, friend of the show, Tracy Porter would be up there too. But yeah, okay. That was a hell of a play too. Well, like, yeah, as I was going through that 03 memory, I was like, did I just mess this, uh, this whole thing up? And um, I think I did. They actually lost to Washington. And <laughs> yeah, amazing. amazing. So none of the last five minutes. My, actually, I was really proud of my, my counter comeback on uh, oh, the sliding doors. They didn't actually. <laughs> was it Tennessee the next week? Like crazy. <laughs> We're definitely keeping this at all. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I like literally went, uh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking the dolphins. Uh, ah, it was week five. Pesky dolphins. Uh, totally. 
it, the, the, the Troy Brown part was right. Uh, it was a couple of weeks later, a couple of weeks later, the Dolphins were four who's, and one at counting? the time. Who's counting? The yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. They've had a great 15 years. Um, 82 yard pass against your Dolphins uh, came back from uh 13, six uh, in overtime, but that's embarrassing. Th- thank you for leaving it in. We'll definitely leave it. 100% leave that in. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> about that. I knew, I, as I was saying, I was like, this feels somehow off, but you know, only a couple of weeks. Only a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Who's ca- I'm not counting, Greg, and I know the honest is as well. Okay, here's one from I love this one from Mark Jones. With TV executives having no new ideas and reboots abounding, which show would you like to see rebooted? So yeah, he's absolutely right. Reboots. I'm currently enjoying SWAT, <laughs> which is a reboot. <laughs> but SWAT is uh SWAT is my guilty pleasure right now. Which show would you would you love to see rebooted, Greg Rosenthal? Mm. trying to think of like one that would that like translates they already rebooted arrested development that didn't go well it never it never go like it never lives up to whatever your your memory is like it's either yeah kind of bringing back a show like you know say cheers or frazier like you're right it's never you're never going to catch like i just said like i just mentioned the wire and i've Mm. been um I've been uh, meaning to watch the new David Simon show, which is set in Baltimore. And yes. It's called we, we own this town. And that's OC definitely was, not a reboot. OC was picking um, it up the other, uh, on the show the other week. Yeah. And I've heard it's great. And so that's probably the smarter way to do a reboot. Um, but David Simon's so smart. I like love Tremay too, that, that if they did do a, like a wire reboot 20 years later, it would be it. so yeah. antithetical to that. Yeah. The yeah. kind of the way that show went, but it <laughs> yes, also it would, would be interesting to catch up with those characters and stuff. Um, the Ollie, I'm going to get Ollie on mic uh, because this is a long running uh, joke of the show. Of course, that Ollie uh, has never watched the wire. Greg, mm. And even though we chastise him mm. routinely for it, Ollie, any, since we last spoke about this and as we've established, you've been on water slides and working on, suntan and not putting any graft in at all that's presumably a perfect opportunity for you to 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 catch up on the wire right well funnily enough i actually work in other sports as well uh, nfl yeah sorry just uh, just to name drop produced an england game the other day just Uh Uh gonna put that one out there just gonna use this moment to really show off what i've been up to during this you're telling everyone that i've just been on uh on some beds but sadly i have Mm. not watched the wire nat because you know you know that I've decided I'm going to watch it during the season so that we can give updates throughout the ah, NFL season week in, week out. That is mm. a very good point, actually. I've got memory like a sieve, as you well know, Greg. And yeah, that's good. We had actually agreed. That yeah, we I do, do too. I just spent yeah. like five minutes. You're not editing now talking about a game that didn't even exist. I'm telling you, it was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, it just was week five against the Dolphins to go for first place. It, 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 it's exactly right. It, uh, as far as I've said, the interchange. Mad, Mad Men kind of comes to mind. I mean, Ooh, um, Mad Men. Yeah. Admin wouldn't be a fun one. Uh, it, I want to see. De- I don't know, though. I don't know if it, it would be depressing. I feel like it wouldn't go well for any of those characters. Oh, you watch him sort of years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- there's that kind of reboot. There's also just kind of rebooting like like SWAT. Although it's all new characters, but basically taking taking an idea like the Italian job. Right. If you're looking at movies, okay. Italian job, they basically uh, took a sort of tenuous connection, I guess, to to the original. But um, so something like uh, Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, like to see. I don't even know bring, what that is. Bring that I don't back. even know what oh, that is. You don't know what Thunder Imperative. Go look that up afterwards. Thunder. Do I? When yeah. it was when Hogan wanted to um when when the Hulkster was heading to Hollywood 
And uh, you know, I think he'd had a couple of, I think he'd had a couple of, couple of hit movies, and then it, the Hollywood thing went a little bit south. So this was back when pre Netflix, pre Pri, pre things like The Wire, when TV was okay. You've got to, you're bouncing back to TV. Then that was when when Hogan did Thunder, <laughs> Thunder in Paradise, where okay. I think he was, I can't really remember, but some kind of bodyguard, probably some ex army vet that. Uh, based on somewhere in the beach. So Hawaii, maybe California, Florida, Florida, maybe it's Florida, Miami. I don't know. <laughs> Listeners will know at the NC show, but they're a big uh, contingent of Thunder and Paradise fans that listen to this show. So uh, <laughs> for, for football, um, you know, on the football side, uh, hmm. a reboot of Friday Night Lights eventually would be. Oh, that's a great shout. That's a great a sucker shout. for that. A sucker I love that. that. Love and that. Really, shout. you could easily re- reboot that. And I was, uh, unlike some of the Friday Night Lights fans, I liked all the seasons. I liked the. Uh, hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like the rebooted. A, yeah. Like, I like the Michael B. Jordan era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A me lot, too. Just as much almost. So I, t- I completely with you on that. I've said that a couple of times and I get like, oh, you're just trying to be a hipster rubbish. No, I'm with you. I, I like those. No, I mean, I like them both. And I, I guess nothing tops uh, the first season, but uh, yeah. but it was great as it kept going. Yeah. Same with the West Wing as well. I think the West Wing, <laughs> six and seven of the West Wing, when Jimmy Smith comes in, Alan Older's great in it as well. Like, I was an big... extra on the, the West Wing. I what? had just uh, arrived in. In Los Angeles, we you can like sign up for these, you know, extra jobs basically if if they'll call you. And uh, a friend of mine, Anthony, who I now do the podcast with, uh, the Jessel Vanity Project, did some extra work, including uh, on the West Wing. I think I only did it one or two days, and I was amazing. I've got to find you on it. I'm a West Wing obsessed. I don't think I ever. That's the thing. Like I was there all day for two days in like a bar scene, and but I don't think I was really. Oh, do you remember the scene? Do you remember like what? Who? Which? Anthony uh, actually had his photo on the wall on the Gilmore Girls, where they like they used (laughs) his photo. (laughs) So he actually got on camera, uh, but uh, they did not use me. Uh, I forget. It was, it was pretty early on. It was 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to try and see us. I'll I'll seek it out and look for, so it was a bar scene. I'll try and find the bar scene. scene, That bald dude was, I remember just spending all day next to that guy. Richard Schiff. Yeah. 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 Next to Richard Schiff. All right. I'll try and work it out. 2001. All right, I will look, I will try and seek out Greg. I can find you the episode, but I'm telling you, I'm not in it. I went ah, that, that year. It, it's it, their it loss. didn't matter. Aaron Sorkin's loss. I just, that could have been one of those moments that you get spotted as an extra. They think, oh, you need to give you a line. We need to, you know, rewritten something, give you a line. And that could have been the start of a, not quite. a whole different there was about, about 75 people there that day. I was one in the crowd. <laughs> I think Sork, I could see you doing Sorkin stuff. So I could, who would play, if we were casting around the NFL, the movie, who would, who would play you? well set, i would go with uh adam brody the oh yeah seth, yeah, yeah. Seth cohen from the seth oc cohen, right. that's, who I, that's who i would like personally that's a know. great shout i could so I yeah like, there's a that's lot of flattering stuff. to me so i want something that's flattering to me flattering plausible like yeah it could looks like you but has the same demeanor could could do could do a greg he could he could Definitely capture your essence. I think Stella could be. Could be. I could it's see. like less flattering, but I'll take it. But, yeah, but funny, but, but funny good. But so funny, yes. what about the, who, you know who I think would be a good Cess would be um, Ed Norton. I'd cast Ed Norton as well. That's good. Yeah, we'll I go with that. I've never heard that one. I will tell him that. He, he will appreciate that. it. It is, it is a compliment. The great Ed Norton, the great Mark Sessler. Right. Uh, back to football. Are the Colts with Matt Ryan genuine Super Bowl contenders? Yes. 
I went through this projected starter series that I did on NFL.com and they were one of the teams I, I really felt better about after doing it. Cause I, I, you look at the weapons. It's not great. Uh, mm. Michael Pittman is their number one. They're hoping maybe this rookie Alec Pierce is going to be there. Too. Yeah. They've got a lot of buzz about him. So he, Cincinnati wide out. Is, and he's yeah, like a vertical guy, but mm. I don't know. And then the, a bunch of young guys who have made plays here or there. Um, and so that's, that's about as that's a real thin wide receiver group. Yeah. And their offensive line isn't quite as good as I think their reputation. They're missing a couple of starters, mm. but that's the negatives. Mm. I think their defense on paper looks really good. I think their defensive line after adding Ngakwe, mm. um, I, I think their rookie they had last year, Quiddy Pay, is going to get yeah. better. Um, I think Stefan Gilmore was a nice addition in their secondary. I, I think it's a good looking secondary they're in the worst division in football in my mind. And so that's why I say yes, because mm. I think they'll have a home game in the playoffs. I think they're better than the Titans. And uh, I think the AFC is way deeper. If you put them in the NFC, they'd have a better chance. They're probably not going to be in that top tier of teams, but if you have a home game in the playoffs, I consider you a Super Bowl contender at right. this point. It's just like the NFL is too unpredictable. Does Matt Ryan elevate that mm, in different receiving core or do they drag yeah. him down? Is it that no, way I think he'll have it elevated a little bit. I think it's more that Frank Reich and Matt Ryan elevate it. I'm a huge believer in Frank Reich. I, I think he's one of the five best offensive coaches and play callers in the NFL. It's an Ooh, offensive wow. quarterback league. And if I was just picking someone to maximize my intelligent veteran quarterback, Frank Reich, I don't, I don't know who I have in front of Frank Reich. There's not many guys that I, I really, I really think he's that good as an offensive play caller. And I guess that that's really interesting to emphasize the, the veteran because you know Matt Ryan has got so many miles on the clock, so many smarts as a result that that's a fascinating dynamic, isn't it? If you if you're a big fan of Reich's offensive philosophy, Ryan being able to execute it. Uh, assuming right. that the body can, the body's get winning, rid of the right? ball yeah. quickly, right? Yeah. Be accurate. That's what he does. Well, I'm a right. little worried about the arm strength, but he's playing indoors. Mm. Um, I think that helps. He's got a little bit of like very, you know, poor man's late career Manning, you know, Peyton yes. Manning. But I yes. think he'll win in the same way that Peyton Manning won when it was going well in Denver. It's not like Peyton Manning was had a big arm at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't, but it didn't matter. It all ended well. Uh, okay. So here is one from uh, go mad or stop caring. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, incidentally, I'm, I'm assuming anyway, uh, he asks, or he says, Dan Hansis is a big Oasis fan. What's mm-hmm. Greg's favorite song by the brothers Gallagher. Are you, are you an Oasis guy? Not as big as Dan, but are you, I can more, I see you more as a, a more of a blur kind of guy. Than always. I, I like them both. I like um, Pulp too. I would say of the three of them, I probably listened to the most was Oasis though. But I definitely had like a uh, a Pulp phase too. That that one album um, with Common it? People. Common that era, people, yeah, different yeah. class, I think, or something. Yeah, different. Yeah. Um, but it's Live Forever. It's it's a it's a easy answer, but it's the right answer. Um, it's also the only answer of a song that like I feel like we listen to on repeat on one of the first weekends that I ever, that we, I was ever like without parents in high school, just drinking for like 48 hours straight. And <laughs> it was like out. peak, peak live forever. at that point. <laughs> over under on that song getting played over that weekend. Was it 37 times? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even think it was like right when it came out necessarily, but um, 
I just, I have, I associate that song with that weekend and it was a great weekend. Is they, cause Oasis, they often talk over here in the media, particularly the, the, the major bands, the mega bands like Oasis. And they were the, they were the biggest, well, along with Blur, you know, the biggest band around when we were, when we were in school and, and college and, always talk about bands that break America, right? That, that phrase, you know, or, or artists that break America and, and blur managed to, to, uh, to a greater degree, probably because of song too, I suppose, but Oasis never seemed to, well, they certainly didn't get the same kind of acclaim as uh, they had over here, but were they, were they very big in the, in the college circuit? Were they sort of very much? No, no, uh, you're, you've got it mixed up. Oasis was way bigger than blur ever was. Was it? Well, cause of Wonderwall was way Wonderwall. bigger because of really? Wonderwall live forever was, and that's why Live forever, actually, at the time in our in our high school, I was like hanging out with like the older kids and stuff. Of course, uh, <laughs> and, you know, that was it was like someone's like parents like lake house or something like that, and that's where the Live Forever weekend. And so that was more of like a not underground, but not a lot of people were in on it. But this, mm. but once uh, the next album came out with Un- Wonderwall, they were the biggest mm-hmm. band in the United States. Period. Really? Oh, I never realized they broke. Oh, them. Yeah. oh I always thought that they hadn't. I mean, Wonderwall was and. Mm. But they had other jams. Probably the next song that would have popped in my head is Don't Look Back in Anger. I was okay. definitely a big oh, fan so of that is, at oh, the time. Good, that could be my favorite, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, so- at the time, that might have been. But in hindsight, I think Live Forever is more of a just like a classic. To me, that's like a classic rock song. That's a perfect rock song. Yeah, I think an underrated Oasis song, because obviously after that, the height of their first couple of albums, you know, that they suddenly get to that mega band status and right. spend I kept years. buying them, though. Yeah. I, kept, if, I, I bought the next album after Morning Glory oh, Champagne. Yeah. Uh, Supernova obviously was huge off Morning Glory, but then I, I bought Be Here Now and like defended mm-hmm. it at the time. Yeah, oh yeah. I, 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 I even think the Hindu Times is quite a good, not the album, but the song. Right? By then I was gone. <laughs> you were gone. You sold out. Well, you've educated me on the Blur Oasis. I got that. We got that mixed up. There we go. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, back to an NFL question. Uh, if Michael Thomas returns alongside uh, Landry and Alave, do the Saints have a top five receiving core? Wow. In the NFL. <sighs> No, there's too many it's great peak ones. Michael, peak Michael Thomas. Okay, if you're telling me it's peak Michael Thomas, but that's a big if, I, right? I would just take like, um, I would take seventy percent of Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? We just haven't seen him in two years, and I think peak Michael Thomas is way too much to expect for in mm. sixteen games of a guy. If if you're telling me you get peak Jarvis Landry out of Michael Thomas. Mm. That would be, you know, more than I would expect. You know, if you could get 70 catches for 1,100 yards out of Michael Thomas, wow. then we're cooking, I think. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I, I have major questions about his health. He's still not practicing. It's mm. been two years. You know, I, and then Landry's a guy who who's rarely stays healthy. Mm. Um, I think Callaway is one of the best number fours in the league now. Um, so that's pretty, that, that they're way better than they were a year ago. And I think Olave is my pick to lead rookie receivers in catches. I, mm. I actually think he might be the number one, which is crazy, you know, in that group, but I think yeah. he might end up being the best one of them. And so by all accounts, then you feel Jameis is going to have, cause he seems to be under the radar in, in many ways that, the well, the prognosis for a lot of people isn't great. It's almost like they're hanging on to Tampa Bay, Jameis interception central. But before he got injured, he was showing a lot of progress. How much of that was down to Peyton? Do you think that it's possible for him to continue that composure? Or where are you on Jameis and, and this season? 
I'm confused a little bit because his season in last year was confusing. He was a very different quarterback. He played it very safe. Yeah. Just not the Jameis we knew. He was pretty efficient. But now he's coming off a torn ACL, and that can really impact you, even if you're not a scrambler, just it can impact your footwork and movement in the pocket and your accuracy. And I'm mostly just worried that Sean Payton isn't there. Now, that said, Jameis was trying to make it work with Marcus Callaway as his one. Now he has Landry, who supposedly looks good this offseason, Olave, Michael Thomas, Callaway. So hopefully that makes up for Payton leaving. But there's a lot of concerns that's like Pete Carmichael, their offensive coordinator, he's not Sean Payton. Mm. <laughs> I'll take. <laughs> I, I do think, though, I, and it's not just because I went to school there. I think they are being slept on way too much. Um, I think their upside is mm. way higher than people think. I think mm-hmm. they are one of those variance teams, a little bit like the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. that is. I think ex- their, their upside is quite high. It's a top five defense because they've had it two straight years and they kept everyone and they kept the coach and some people moved in and out Marcus Williams, but that's a possible top five defense and some, a lot of talent on the offense. If Kamara comes through and Thomas is healthy, like that's, mm. that could be a 12 win team. I don't yeah. think that's that crazy. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. I think we, we even got into that. Maybe mess my, my memory is doing a, a Greg Rosenthal, but I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and I think they were one of the teams that we said, yeah, exactly that you look at certain teams and when the you look at individual players that take Thomas, right? If, 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 then we're okay. And if, if teams have too many players where there are too many ifs, then you start to get worried. I don't think the Saints have that much of a, 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 a required swing. I think they could, a few things can slot into place and they could well, really Honey well. Badger's an if too. Right, right. You know, you're, you're, you're hoping Marcus May, who they signed from the Jets, is coming off a torn Achilles, mm. can, can do it. You're hoping the defense can be as good. There are a lot of ifs. They're replacing Teron Armstead at left tackle. So they're a little like Denver to me, where they're very boomer bust. Denver's mm-hmm. more talented, but I, I, I actually think the ceiling for the Saints is, is being a Super Bowl contender, being in the NFC Championship, being that kind of team. Uh, but they could also be 7 and 10. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just about, being real. I love about this game. All right, let's rattle through, because uh, we know you are the hardest working man in showbiz, so we've got to let you get out of Dodge soon. But there are a few more. Uh, we'll, we'll do rapid fire. Unsurprisingly, a lot of questions have come in about about Delaware. Will he release the tapes? Uh, asks Andy. Uh, there are others uh, uh, of you out there who have had a similar uh, similar sentiment. So, yeah, what is the what is the latest critical timeline for the tapes being released, Greg? So that was a band I was in in, in high school, um, early high school. We made it from jokey tapes. I don't own the tapes. I don't have the tapes. I can't produce the tapes. <laughs> Where do we know where the tapes are? Have we located the tapes? You know where they are, don't you? You do. I actually kind of yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not, I don't own them, mm-hmm. but I know who would have them. Is and I know go- he doesn't listen to any of these podcasts. So that's oh, good. we'll have to find, we'll have to find, we'll have to get you drunk on tequila uh, when we take you to uh, to West Ham and then find out who's got him. Was he one of the, when you were at high school and you were hanging out with the older kids and hanging out all the, all the cool parties, was he one of that crowd? Is he? No, he was sort <laughs> no. of the opposite. He was more oh, okay. the like band kid mm. who was extremely talented musician and was, that was what he was into, sort of right. a band, band leader type. Got it. Um, very, very talented. See, that's, I was narrow, not that's talented. narrowing it down. The rest of the band was talented. Yeah. I just, I sang. I was a goofy, you know, it was not The good. front man. You were the, <laughs> of course you were the front man. But you've given us a big clue there already into, you know, 
looking at your peer group then. It's already narrowed okay, it down. Okay. We're getting closer to it. The fans demand it. Uh, a lot of questions as well about Greg's. You've been talking about that on, on the round the NFL, of course. Greg's the, um, uh, where are we here? So yeah, if, uh, what is your uh, pasty of choice at uh, this fine UK establishment? Greg's, uh, the pasty place. I've never uh, been. Oh, have you never been? I thought, Oh, okay. I think, but listeners have told you about it, right? The British fan base. Must yeah. Have told you. I mean, I get a lot of pictures and I certainly see it every time I'm in London. I, sh- I should just walk in for some reason. You know, I, oh, I haven't. Is, that's a I've taken, I've taken like a picture of it and then put up a jokey yeah, Instagram story that. or something, but uh, what, wait, it's, it's a, uh, it's like a subway. It's like a sandwich yeah, place. Essentially. Yeah. But it does pasties better. In, partic- in particular. What's so patsy? What's pasties? Pa- pasties, Cornish pasties. There are kind of pie uh-huh. type, Sausage yeah, roll, meat pie, kind of. How would you, Ollie, how would you describe a Cornish pasty? Essentially like that. I mean, it's yeah. basically, I'm trying to think if there is an equivalent in America of a pasty. I think trying to describe a Cornish pasty to anyone outside of the UK is actually <laughs> yeah. quite a difficult thing to do. So I got to admit, I didn't know that that's what they were into. I, I yeah. think I used to think it was like a pharmacy and that's why I didn't go in. Yeah. So I was completely misled. <laughs> totally, totally wrong. They are. Um, yeah. That, they are definitely a guilty pleasure. I think we might oh. have an ad, stumbled across a, an ad campaign here where we can get Greg Rosenthal and to be the front man of the next Greg's campaign. And you're just trying right. to. They're just, 60% G, yeah. you know, <laughs> quite right. Uh, two more for you. Two more for you. Your favorite type of frog asks AD. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Twitter. Do you have a favorite type of frog? <laughs> What's your favorite type of frog? Um, that I would say, uh, you know, that's a, it's an unanswerable question. Chris Ballard <laughs> never answered it. That's um, really where this is a, a deep around the NFL joke that I don't even remember the real origin. Deep dive from AD. Loving that. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so sitting on the fence, but I think it was just like an idea of, um, you know, Chris Ballard, there's just something, I don't know. I don't know about Chris Ballard. You know, this is, it was, we like Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard's great. Um, but this was the type of question that he would ask in a, in a yeah. meeting. What you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some things just don't make any sense. What do you, I love that though. I love the fact just throwing out a complete curveball and watching uh, the, the amusement <laughs> that follows. Uh, all right. One for the right. Here's a good one. Good one to end on. Uh, this is from our very own all. Uh, if you could have any partner for a doubles tennis match, past, present, or even another sport, it doesn't have to be a tennis player, it could be a colleague, anyone, says Ollie, Ooh. literally anyone. It could even be a frog if you want, you want it to be. It could be Hulk Hogan. It could be anyone you want. Who would it be? Doubles partner. Oh, that is a good question. Well, I want to. I kind of want to know who we're playing against. Okay. Um, um, it's a kind of... Pro-am is it going to be like, is it like we're playing against my, you know, friends, my level or, mm. or do I need to, uh, so one friend, your level, and then one step it up. Yeah. One, step uh, it up. one pro. Yeah. Mm. So it's a friend of yours again. And Steffi Gruff. <laughs> there we go. Against. I think I would go. Yeah. Osaka right now. I nice. think I would play with, uh, Naomi. I think that would be good. We'd, we'd get a lot of, um, we'd have fun. I think my kids would like it. They're fans. Yeah, um, we'd get some good social media content. That would be good for the brand. Greg's um, good sponsor. I could ask here. her for yeah. some free sweatshirts. I like her sweatshirts and stuff. Nice. Uh, if so she that, could be on the in the Greg's advert as well with you, I mean, if you got a soccer, <laughs> if you could bring a soccer to the table, she's, she's expensive. Yeah, she's expensive, but uh, we could try to 
we could try to afford her. Um, I don't know. How about you, Nat? I'd like to, I, mm. you learn a lot. You learn a lot about people when you see mm. them on a tennis court, like uh, <laughs> yeah. a different sort of athleticism. Um, yeah. If you hadn't played as a kid, it's, it's difficult. Are you, I, t- I played as a kid. I played a lot as a kid, actually. Mm-hmm. I played a lot into my teens and then stopped playing. So I've had a bit of a hack about with, with, you know, my kids now who don't, don't play, haven't, haven't uh, got the swing of it yet. So I haven't, I've, yeah, elapsed, elapsed player, but I do, uh, I do love it. I used to love it. I used to play a lot. So I'd love to get back into it, but you know, all this football I'm playing, it's kind of difficult. You got to pick your battles, right? Are you, do you play? Wait, I know you, you're playing a lot of uh, soccer. Yeah, I, I am. I'm playing usually twice a week. I play. Yeah. Wow. It's a bit of a five aside or, you know, short form. Cause it, you have, in London, lots of games that go on f- uh, that are shorter side of games, so like five, six, seven, eight aside games. So typically smaller pitches, right? Uh, and OC, Ollie, um, both play regularly as well. There's like a, a, oh, a wow. kind of NFL footballer crossover here. So that's kind of, that's our game. You and play that, against them or with them? I've, ne- I've played with Ollie. I haven't played and they've played with each other and against each other. I haven't played against OC yet. I'm trying to rope him down because all these different games go on and... So one of the games I play is like a league, like a regular league. And then there are lots of regular games that go on. So you kind of tend to pick your kind of regular games, but we need to get, need to get OC down to one of my regulars. Ollie's played in that one of them as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but it takes up when a lot adults of are like competing, you know, mm. at our, you know, just, just staying healthy is a, is a victory. So you look healthy and that, that's, Big a, time. that's a good thing. Do you play, still play tennis? I mean, cause you love it, but do you play it? I haven't, I've been playing a lot with my son who's seven mm. and he's getting, good enough to the point where actually it's getting to be a, a good workout and, and whatnot. Uh, I did play yesterday, but I do not play with adults too often. Uh, I want to, I always feel like I'm going to get way back into it and I haven't done. Well, it I get, we'll like add that. that to the list. You're going to yeah. be slammed when you come over here. Cause we're getting you to all kinds of things. We'll get a tennis sneak a tennis game in as well. Uh, if we can, that'd be a lot of fun. Listen, man, always a pleasure catching up with you. It's good to see you looking so well. Yeah, you as well. I mean, you've got the beautiful background here. Nat's got next flexing with the backyard and sunny over there. The sun is out. Tan and fit. Like, it's good to be Nat Coombs right now. It is. Well, particularly because the last 50 minutes, you have regaled us with your tales and educated us with your insight as ever. (laughs) Loving your work, man. Look after yourself and uh, and check it very, very soon, I hope. Yeah. See you now. I will. Let's do it. Um, I, I think we will be back in the UK this year, by the way. I don't know. Amazing. Breaking news, but I'm um, we are back at the NFL officially. And I think yes. we uh, learned we will be back in the UK. We got to find out which game, though. Amazing. Oh, that is. I'm sure that we music to our listeners is, uh, as you know, massive fan base over here. They'll love that. And when you're here, we'll catch up, get you back on uh, and do all this good stuff again. Look after yourself, bro. Thanks, that. Lovey stuff. Of course, from Greg, cannot wait for the Around the NFL crew to be back in London later on this year as the NFL rolls back into town. We will definitely be catching up with them then, if not before, and uh, having a lot of fun to boot. Hope you enjoyed that. Around the NFL is his pod, Courts of Thunder, as well as the uh, Rosenthal and Jesselneck Vanity Project, all three well worth seeking out. I'm sure you'll already on the NFL tip, but the other two, if you love your Greg, get involved with those two as well. At the NC Show is where we are on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and a big shout out to all of you, whether it's been on Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever it is that you've left a review for us, because we really appreciate that. 
helps us out, spreads the word, helps us uh, keep our sponsors happy as well. I mean, Ollie has to do quite a lot of glad handing there. So it just takes the weight off him a little bit. Uh, so we really, really appreciate that. Uh, and we're going to be back with plenty more where that came from. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll be back very soon. Bye for now, guys. Podcast Network.